Welcome to The Village in Him. We are a youth-led podcast that focuses on the people of Zambia and how to navigate the problems we face as a country in order to create development. Follow us on The Village in Him on Facebook and at The Village in Him on Twitter and Instagram. Our podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other platforms where podcasts are listened to. We're ready to press record soon. We're ready to press okay. record. I was just warming up my voice. Just so ah, just checking, making sure that you're... All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right sorry, man. But like I disturbed the mojo now. No, 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 no. You didn't, you didn't. It's calm. It's calm. Releasing the tough old. Ah, have this conversation on this freeze education freeze education alright man let's educate them alright um welcome oh, everybody <laughs> I don't know so yeah welcome everybody to another um, episode of the village Adam. um you got me Walu with you and today as I'm sure you probably heard we're gonna be educating you on I <laughs> Give me a minute, I need to see that. Alright, alright, alright. Edit, oh. edit back, edit back, edit back. Right, right. Yeah, we're going to be educating you and talking about free education and the bigger picture. For this conversation, I'm not going to be alone. I'm going to be having it with Sui. Um, Sui, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm honestly feeling super pumped, super happy to have this conversation. I've been laughing at the proposed title that you've had like the entire day. Like it's just been been super fun and interesting to to think about free education. Z education. <laughs> Z education. True. True. I guess um a number of people will be asking like why are we talking about Z education? What exactly is Z education about, I guess? Well, I mean the way that I see it it's kind of just like an education system that's centered on the needs of Zambia. You know, today we have an inherited system and we haven't quite been able to create a curriculum that suits the needs of, of citizens and, and people growing up and getting an education in Zambia. It's kind of just like we're, we're trying to borrow things from anywhere and everywhere. And we haven't quite been able to build our own, you know, our own post-colonial, decolonial system of education. And I feel like that's, yeah, that's something that we need as a nation. Honestly speaking, that is something that is super true, something that we've been talking about, you know, like trying to own our own systems. Trying to, you know, um, not really take stuff from other people, but try to create stuff that is our very own, something that speaks to us as Zambians. I guess the next question would be, what's the importance of that, you know, is or what significance does that have for us? 
I think it's important for us to be able to express ourselves freely and, and, you know, it starts with just our own ability to think for ourselves, our ability to tap into self-determination and, you know, be able to interact with each other in, in a way that suits the context within which we're in. There's a, I guess I'll call, I'll call them a colleague, uh, a person who we, we've interacted with several times on Twitter. And they always mention that, like, what's the relevance of me learning why Stanley met Livingstone <laughs> when I don't know, you know, when I don't know about, you know, what was going on in Zambia before that. And, and so it's like, yeah, it's just one of those things that you kind of think about, like, okay, the context within which it's it's said doesn't quite, you know, go far enough for us to fully understand what was going on, you know? Because, like, you learn you learn about Stanley looking for Livingstone and meeting him at Ujiji. But, like, yeah. they never teach you, like, why Stanley was here. Like, who sent Stanley to look for Livingstone, you know? Because, like, yeah. the truth of the matter is, like, Livingstone was sent by the Belgian monarch to look for ivory. And then he had been out of touch. And so the Belgian monarch, Leopold, thought, like, this guy has run away with my stuff or is missing. So I need to like find the guy. So he sends Stanley to go looking for him. Like you, you, you know, Where's and, and the context of it is looking for resources to exploit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that like we don't get taught. We just think, Oh no, these guys are just exploring. Like, no, they were looking for resources that they could take and extract from us. I get it. That's a very like decolonial way of looking at it and understanding. Like, okay, quite all right. You know, Livingstone came in with the premise of spreading religion, spreading Christianity. But it's like, what's yeah. you know, what's the hidden agenda? What's that? What's that thing that he was actually doing, or that he actually ended up doing in in the meantime? And and and, and you know, there's a lot of context that we don't get to learn in in that sense. I get what you mean, and it it truly does feel like we are, we have been missing the bigger picture behind um, most of these things that are going on, and um, I think it's time that we, as you said, start to own everything around us and start to own our systems and start to own our our identity, and I guess in that regard, it would be good for us to start off or to have you know sort of an open day like we usually have like in our, in our education system, you know, where we. Yeah put out the report card, you know, and then we see what the, um, the students have done this semester or this academic year. And um, it's ironic, <laughs> given that it's been like a year now, isn't it? Since UPND has been in um, in service. So yeah. if, if we were to like open up the UPND report card, this is open day and you're there with UPND and UPND's parents. Um, <laughs> I don't know who that would be. <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny because in this case, we're, we're, we're oh. the ones giving the report card. But I mean, like you said, UPND are our are government in service to the people. And so the people are technically the parents in this case. Um, but anyway, I think, look, I, I don't want to make it like a, a comprehensive evaluation because we've been doing that. We had an episode on that earlier in the season. So maybe just to spo- uh, just to focus specifically on on, on free education, I say thumbs up for fulfilling a campaign promise. That I think has helped a lot of people. The next step I feel like is just to fine tune it. Make sure that you know, like one of the biggest criticism was like, oh, you have free education now, you have many students but few teachers. 
They've gone out and they've been proactive. They've hired teachers. Are the teachers who they've hired enough? That's the next, you know, that's the next question to be answered. Is there uh, suitable infrastructure? You know, those are some of the things that now need to be worked on to like fine tune the free education system, the public education system, as, as, as we should call it now. So in that regard, I feel like, you know, that's that's the next step that we'll be looking at in the next few months. Uh, other than that, there's been discussions about reviewing and reforming the curriculum. That's something that really excites me because, you know, it's, it's been a long time coming. I mean, we've had practically the same education system, you know, since independence, basically. Um, yeah. So well, there, there's really independence, actually. Oh, yeah, true. There's need for us to <laughs> there's need for us to sort of bring in bring in more context you know, educate ourselves and, and tell, you know, tell our stories, tell our history from our perspective, you know, even in, you know, simple things like English, right? There's, yes. there's, a, there's a way that you can frame it and, and read like African books. And, and that's something that like I talked about in the previous episode, the, the importance of like African literature. That's something that we need to engage. And like specifically in Zambia, there's so many authors that, that write books and stuff. And like, how do we get those books to be the ones that we're studying? You know, even just like yeah. comprehensive understanding of like what goes on within Zambia, like our, our own, you know, understanding our own history, our own geography, even like chemistry, biology, physics from our own perspectives, using our own context to explain things. You know, like obviously it's still it's still the same it's still the same science, but there's a way that it can be framed that comes from us, that makes sense for us. And and that's you know, that's what we're looking at in terms of reforming the curricula. And and other than that, it's also I feel like important for us to to build on on, on the strengths of, of people. Personally for me, right? I, I, I took pure sciences. So I was learning physics, chemistry and biology. And then I went on to do a business degree and it's like, okay, like, why do I know how to, why do I know the symbol for vinegar? Like, why did I do organic chemistry when maybe it would have been more beneficial for me for like specialized things for me to like focus on more, you know, accounts, commerce, that those sorts of things. So can we devise yeah. a system that allows people to explore their interests and play to their strengths? And, and so it's like, how do we augment our curriculum with things that we now consider extracurricular, like sports, music, arts, all these things should all be like embraced in education because they are a part of, um, of our system. They're a part of our learning experience. I know this was not even planned, but as you just spoken about this, it reminds me of a conversation that we had even, I can't remember if it's a conversation that we had as just us or something that we had as an actual podcast episode that also involved um, the reintroduction of vocation schools into our mm -hmm. curriculum as well. Yeah. Because there's like a number of things that, or a number of places, the vocational schools are seen as like, I don't say like a second choice, but it's, it's seen as like something you do like when school has like failed somebody. But when you speak of it like that, I think that it's also an opportunity for us to like 
put it in as something that people can actually do as like a first choice while they do their vocational training plus also a few business courses a few language courses a few this and that just to help um you know strengthen up their their appeal but i guess that's something that we can you know talk more about in a later episode i believe that's all part of the bigger picture but just to go back to to something that you spoke about earlier to do with the teacher recruitment and infrastructure you know those are two two of the greatest things that are super important when it comes to like education in zambia because you can have the teachers but if you don't have the infrastructure you can't really have you can't really have the the learning environment and when you have the infrastructure but not the teachers again the same problem still still happens given that um the UPND has just recruited like a number of teachers and apparently they are on the payroll whether or not they're actually um, teaching or not i guess is something that we have to like um figure out what exactly or what do you think will be the next logical steps in regards to teacher recruitment and infrastructure to like help bolster free education well i think it just needs to be it needs to be systematic we need to sort of understand what the needs are of you know specific regions we we need to have a goal oriented approach to this for example let's say we're trying to reach like a you know a teacher student ratio of like 1 to 25 how many teachers like what's our deficit of teachers right that's that's one two you look at okay how many people do we have who are trained educators right now and then how how do we get the funding for this and it's it, look it's, it's it's a complex thing it's you, you know we have to understand what the bigger picture is like okay let's say we hire next year we hire another like 30,000 teachers do they have classrooms that they can go into maybe not okay so so then we need to expand the infrastructure how much is that going to cost how do we fund that where do we start from you know what's the what's the state of the existing infrastructure it's raining now oh sorry it will be raining soon and yeah. there's probably multiple you know places in remote areas that have either no roof or leaky roofs so those are the kinds of things that we need to sort of be thinking about it's it's a, it's a lot of moving parts but we need to be looking at improving what we have and building for the next step mm-hmm. that's i think that's the way that i could summarize Um, when I look at it again, this is not really something that we spoke about, but you get to see there's a bit of um, uh, not a correlation, but then there's a need for like a collaboration, I guess, between our big government and our smaller governments. Since the introduction or since the since the expansion of the CDF, it sort of like changed the way things are done and sort of run. Like in Zambia, it sort of changed the scope of how schools are maintained and um, and built in Zambia. I guess what hope. do you have like for the cooperation between like our big government which is like our central government and the ministry of education and all that and our smaller governments which would be our constituencies and everything in regards to the maintaining running and operation of schools or learning institutions yeah that's definitely going to be a it's going to be a steep learning curve i think because they're going to have to be coordinating and and moving in one accord yeah that's definitely going to take a lot of collaboration people are going to have to be working extensively together to make sure that the system is running smoothly because again like it's it's the first time that we've had so much money in in the constituency development fund 
So there's going to be that aspect of it, like managing such extensive resources, building capacity for that. And we've talked about this before. But ultimately, I think teamwork will make this dream work. Everyone's going to have to roll up their sleeves and work together and see how this infrastructure can be maintained and, and redeveloped in some cases. And also, you know, coming into like new projects. But I think it has to start at the central government level where the central government says, look, guys, we're targeting these specific districts for schools. They need to have enough capacity to have, you know, a certain number of pupils each year going through their system. Mm -hmm. So what's there now and what's missing? Okay, these things are missing. Okay, please prioritize this. Yeah, there's going to there's gonna definitely be a lot of coordination and a lot of back and forth. So it will take time, but I think we will get there. We have the resources to do it. We just need to build capacity to make it successful. Yeah, definitely, most definitely. Honestly, that sounds like um, a lot of constructive criticism. You know, if um, if I was, uh, well, I am you being this parent, and I guess I'm really happy to hear you as the quote-unquote teacher you know giving me such um criticism about my my child and everything but um <laughs> we're getting towards the getting towards the end um this was not planned to be like a long conversation we're just trying to highlight some of the the final points some of the final details so i guess in conclusion what exactly would you advise my child upnd to do or what would you advise me as a parent to do for my child UPND in order for for my child to succeed in this endeavor of free education? I think the most important piece of it is just transparency in, in everything that's going on, making sure that we're building solid systems and sustainable systems to, to help. But again, you know, you have to sort of balance the present needs with long-term goals and um that that's really what it's gonna boil down to how can how can we see this system being built beyond 2026 beyond you know 2031 and Mm -hmm. ensure that it's not something that becomes politicized let's just work and build a strong system and not you know not try to like rush anything so that you know people see that oh no we've worked by the time the election comes around. I feel like that's, you know, that's one of the most important things that we need to do. And then just just be proactive. Like, look at, look at the way things are. Look at the situation. Watch out for any threats. Take advantage of all the opportunities. And, and that's just the way to go. Definitely. That truly is, um, that truly is the way to go. Being, well, constant vigilance, I guess, is something that is always important. I guess while we're on the topic of, or was it while we're still on this topic of educating and uh, the bigger picture, one more thing does come to mind, which is our plan for next month, which is October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, why don't you, why don't you tell us all about it? Why don't you educate us? Ooh, okay, so next month. <laughs> I'm really excited about next month. Um, so next month, month of October, month of our independence as a country, we are planning as the village ZM to collaborate with several different 
people on what we're calling Z History Month. And we want to, you know, we want to do a deep dive into some into some Zambian history. You know, we're going to talk about a lot of different interesting topics all through the month. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Um, super excited to, to be running it and collaborating with some very, very... Uh, yeah, we have some very, very exciting collaborations lined up. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be really interesting to to be part of yeah i'm not sure if we're gonna have time to like cover it i guess on the on the actual episodes but i guess we can sort of get into it a bit now um what exactly is the reason for for this why is it history you know of all the things you could have done in october why did we choose zambian history just briefly without like spoiling you know <laughs> the surprise it's important to understand our history, understand where we come from, and just, you know, be able to educate each other and gain more knowledge of self. Yeah, without, without spoiling it too much, like, I don't want to give off too much, but yeah. All right, just, all right, all right. Having that conversation about, you know, the origin, the origin story of Zambia, like what's, what was on this land, you know, you know, before all the violence, all the colonialism, like what was on here and then you know what's what was left after after that and what you know what do we have now going forward okay you know honestly hearing that um I, it interests me like like like, I, like I'm, I'm literally like wondering like oh my god what, what's going on here and i'm actually part of the team <laughs> <laughs> I was producing yeah. this, uh, but but you got me feeling like, oh my god, I need to listen to that. Honestly speaking, yeah, you are right. There's a lot that we need to that we can learn from our past, from our history, and um, well, there's different ways to look at history. We've got the prehistoric, as you've mentioned. We've got the colonial history. We've got the more uh, contemporary history and everything. So, truly, it's lots to learn. I guess once we get to look at our history, it allows us to analyze our mistakes and. Um, analyze them and make sure that we don't make the same mistakes going forward and also mm-hmm. history is fun you know there's a lot to learn about the past you know a lot of interesting facts that i feel like yeah. you're gonna pull up on us man i'm looking forward to that yeah. it's definitely gonna be super fun I'm, I'm looking forward to it like i'll be learning a lot and i hope i hope that our audience also learns a lot with us all right so um since this one is gonna be coming up a bit early Say somebody has got something to like add on or like has got something that they would like to speak about in regards to like our Zambian history and whatnot. Is there something that, you know, they can do to like, you know, get that message or get that bit of history that they have, you know, out there? Um, yeah, I mean, if anyone is like interested in in collaborating, joining the conversation, we're going to try to have some live conversations over on Twitter if we can. But like hashtag the village that at the village that DM us, tweet us, inbox us, I don't know what other method, email us, like whatever, Instagram us, TikTok, whatever. Just get in touch with us and we're more than happy to to, to have multiple conversations, have a chat. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good vibes. It's going to be good vibes. You heard, it, you heard it yourself. It's that simple. All you have to do is just literally reach out to us. And we are honestly always looking forward to having collaborations and, you know, talking to more people because we here at The Village see ourselves as not a podcast first, but as a community, a community of people who have one shared dream, one shared focus, which is the growth of Zambia, you know, moving us from where we are now to where we could be. 
And that only happens by, I guess, coming together as a community, speaking um, to one another and educating and lifting each other up. That all being said, I believe that brings us over to, uh, to the end of this episode. Unfortunately, it's been rather short or shorter than usual anyway. But honestly speaking, I feel like it has really been super amazing, super fun. I've learned quite a lot, you know, um, especially being a parent of the UPND. I now know a lot about, you know, about my child and what I can do to help my child <laughs> succeed. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've really used that joke quite a bit. <laughs> hey, no, it's necessary. It's necessary. All right. Um, I guess any final thoughts for you, Sui? Because I feel like um, I'm, I'm good over here. Nah, I'm good. Just, yeah, just excited for Z History Month. Class is going to be in session. So um, I hope people are as hyped as I am for, for that. Thanks for listening to us. We are the Village Zidane Podcast, and we hope to see you soon. Please keep up to date with our latest content by following us on the Village Zidane on Facebook and at the Village Zidane on Twitter and Instagram.